Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, What They Never Told Us. Today we have another special guest, uh, someone that Crystal and I both know and we both really, really um, enjoy being around and speaking to. Um, I'm sure that this person doesn't really know that. That's why I said that. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be interviewing Matthew Melissa McCack, and Crystal's going to give a little bit of a breakdown of who he is. So Matthew Melissa McCack is an LMHC with more energy than he can handle. She is passionate about working with the LGBTQ community and has created educational workshops about the LGBTQ plus identity. Matthew also creates YouTube content about board games as well as live streams on Twitch for channels Room 51 and The Dice Tower. She identifies as non-binary, transmasculine, and wants to be the visibility he wishes to see more of in the world of therapy and the board gaming hobby. Matthew strives to create a safe space for everyone to sit at the table and play a game. Thank you, Matthew, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am really excited to have you. I don't think Matthew's bio does him justice. So I'm just going (laughs) to do a little bit of an add-on to that bio as somebody who has seen his YouTube videos. I love what you're doing because what you're doing is you took different parts of your identity and you're making them relevant and you're and you're basically crossing um identity lines like our boundaries that people usually kind of compartmentalize and you're saying no all of them actually overlap and this is how they do it and this is why we need to talk about lgbtq community this is why we need to talk about gaming and how it helps in therapy and this is why we need to talk about (laughs) mental health so I think that what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Um, you gave me goosebumps when I saw your videos. So uh, we're going to give more information later on in the episode and also in the show notes. However, definitely go check Matthew out. Dang, I sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say everything that Sasha said, but I think even more so for me, it's just the fact that you've interwoven all these pieces of your identity, like just just as it's healthy for the self, like for you as an individual, like the represent the representation is great for sure. But I'm just like, woo, like I can't wait to get there. To get to that level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard. I've been doing the work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because you, Matthew listens, okay? And j- because you listen, Matthew, you already know what's coming next because we're going to do our check-ins. And I'm actually going to throw it to you first, uh, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing fairly good. Uh, a little tired. Um, actually, I, I, I'm feeling, you know, kind of nervous, but also excited um, because I have my top surgery coming up on Monday. For those who don't know, it's a gender-affirming surgery. Yeah, I've been pumped for it, but also kind of kind of nervous, mostly about like the process and like making mm-hmm. sure everything's in order and I, I do everything properly. Uh, that way they don't have to postpone anything or anything like that. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to definitely get into that a little bit more, um, hopefully later on in the episode. But, you know, Sasha, how you doing? I don't know. Uh, I I have, like, all these emotions kind of mixing in at once. You know what is interesting, though? I've been having these weird-ass dreams. And, yo, <laughs> dreams are so... I mean, not to sound like Freud, right? But, like, Freud was definitely onto something. You know, what the way things kind of rise up from your subconscious I think I'm angry and I think I don't know how to express it I think I am aware and what happens is it comes out as sadness and it lives in me like a it's almost like this weird pocket of like emotion that's constantly like uh on right it's like a the tv hum or and it becomes annoying too and that's my anxiety and last night I had this really strange dream where I was like beating up another girl and like I've I've interpreted my own dreams because I do that and I think I'm I think there's a piece of me that's fighting with myself mm-hmm. and I'm just I like what say that yeah, that's what girl you need to go back to clinical just saying <laughs> No, because I, no, I remember my therapist, and I, I think this is like maybe next level dream interpretation, but you are everyone in the dream and everyone in the dream is you. So mm-hmm. like even, uh, so like when you're saying you're beating up a girl, I'm like, oh yeah, you are beating up yourself because that girl is you and you are that girl. So like that was kind of um, what I was thinking, but I did really love what you said about uh like that hum like the tv hum because i was gonna say i've been feeling the same thing um i'm also i feel like i'm in the same way like i'm also aware and i just i've been trying to express i just don't know how because i think at this point the feelings have built up and there's so many things there's like anger sadness jealousy loneliness joy Mm. like there's everything like built in there and it's like at any moment I can laugh cry want to yell and it's a little unsettling to know that all of that is kind of like under the surface you know for a very long time I was really good about expressing the emotions when they came up and and doing that but lately I've been feeling really burned out about work and I feel like all of my time and energy has been on survival and it's not like trauma survival it's more so like day to day, like what do I need to get through to make it to the end of today? I will say that I did get Fridays off for the rest of the year, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> so three day weekend. Yes. Um, but I also You're feel like I had yesterday off and I was like sleep and naps and TV. And um, I tried to kind of like tap into those emotions. But it was really hard. I don't know. I don't know what the block is. But it sounds like we're all going through a lot. There's a lot of emotions in this episode. Because, um, <laughs> Matthew, you have something. You're excited for it, and you're trying to make it perfect. And Crystal and yeah. I are, like, in this weird space. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that and speak to it. Because that's part of, I guess, removing the block. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But I do want to get into today's episode. Um, and honestly, uh, Matthew, I'm going to start with some... <laughs> We're just going to get right into it and ask some hard <laughs> questions. So Great. in your bio, I mentioned that you identify as non-binary and transmasculine. So can you speak a bit about what that means? Like for our listeners who maybe are not familiar with those terms or maybe hearing it for the first time. Yeah, so non-binary is sort of like this umbrella term where you could be so many different things. But uh, for me, non-binary kind of just means that I 
I definitely lean towards masculinity. Uh, and so I, I say transmasculine because I was assigned female at birth. Um, but I, I lean towards masculinity. So I'll say transmasculine. And I am on like low dose testosterone. Not everybody has to be on some sort of hormones if you're non-binary, trans, whatever, you know, like you identify how you identify. You don't have to medically do anything. But I wanted to. I wanted that for myself. And for the non-binary piece, I guess like anytime somebody asks me what my superpower would be, I always wanted to be like a shapeshifter, you know, uh, because I don't like sticking to one form, you know, I want to be able to like be less restricted and less limited to my expression as um, a person, but then also even within my gender. I don't necessarily say that I'm gender fluid because I don't always like show up, like show femininity uh, or like at least in the stereotypical ways. Um, but I, I, I also didn't want to like let go of the feminine part of me, I guess. So yeah, I was just like, well, screw the binary. I, I'm non-binary, you know? Um, and that's, that's just sort of how I think about it. I mean, you, you really gave it a very detailed description and I'm going to be very upfront. Um, and I've told you this, Matthew, but I think it's important to be honest about where you are and how you understand these things, because I think that that's how you start learning. Right. Um, so when I met you, I didn't have any kind of knowledge on any of these terms, any like, and and Crystal knows this too. Like I, I, I trip up all the time and this is something where I need to practice and, and I, I guess put more effort into learning. And I, I really appreciated the way you described it because it made a lot of sense to me. Um, that's all I'm looking to do, understand and have it make sense. So thank you so much. I am learning from you. And um, I did ask permission for Matthew if it was okay to, to basically state that I'm learning from him because I don't think that us, whoever is has more knowledge on anything is obliged to teach, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to make that clear. You know, so thank you for making that effort and teaching me and continuing to teach me and also opening up to me because I think that's what I love most about you, the getting to know you part. So, yeah, thank you. Um, I I would say I am also still learning about things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I I didn't really know what non binary was or anything until I heard more about it. I was like, yes, that's it. That's what I am, Uh, which is also why visibility is so important. Uh, So you could, you know, find yourself in other things. Already dropping gems. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say I love the the like there was such a poetic nature to what you said about like growing up, like if I had a superpower, it'd be a shapeshifter and that describes you. Like I was just like, hold on with the gems. That's like a <laughs> that's like a clip right there. Like that was so so beautiful. And I think that um it helps people to understand that you just kind of like really visualize it in a way that they can digest and understand. So I really appreciate the way that you phrase that. I know you said earlier in the episode that you're getting top surgery. Can you one, I guess, explain what that is again for any of our listeners that may not be familiar with what that means. And then two, um, can you talk us through what that process 
has been like for you? I know that you you're waiting to get that surgery still, but like leading up to making this decision and the process and what you had to do to get here. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, top surgery is basically a double mastectomy where uh, you get your breast removed because it's a gender affirming surgery. Uh, it's also like masculinizing the chest, so you know, like nipple placement and all that uh, jazz all the science stuff that I don't really know much about. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm, I'll be getting what's called a double incision. That's usually where you see like the scars then underneath uh, where like the breasts were. Um, but yeah, a lot of times people want uh, what's called like peri uh, where there is no scarring. And it's, if you have like a small enough chest, essentially um, like you're like an A size or something, you could get that. And it seems I just missed it, but um, that's okay. That's that's top surgery. And then the the process for getting it, you have to have at least a year of like gender therapy specifically. And uh, you have to get like a letter from your therapist. And if you are on hormones, you have to get a letter from your hormones doctor, basically saying like, yep, this person definitely like, has gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria just being that you don't identify or like your gender identity does not align with what you were assigned at at birth and it's causing some sort of discomfort for you. And for me, it causes a, a lot of anxiety and depression over the years and a lot of confusion. So I've definitely experienced a whole lot of gender dysphoria over the years and, and I still do. Um, and so top surgery and, you know, ut- utilizing hormones is sort of steps to kind of get away from the gender dysphoria to like sort of heal that. Not that it, it's a perfect fix, right? I'm sure like gender dysphoria will always sort of like come up every now and then, but it'll be better and it'll get better over time and I'll feel more aligned with myself. In terms of like the decision to actually do it, I mean, I've wanted this since before I even knew this was a possibility. So making the decision was a difficult one, yet an easy one. Like it was very easy for me to know, yeah, absolutely, I want this. It was difficult because I knew that this would be a problem with um, other people, specifically like people close to me. Uh, because I mean, they're the ones who would notice it the most. Um, or if I was to take my top off, like at a beach or something, and you notice like the double incision, like the scarring, and if you know what that is, it's like, oh, trans, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and, and then like people might be uncomfortable, whatever. So it took me a while to feel comfortable enough within myself that it didn't matter to me how others people were feeling like their comfort level it was more about my comfort level now at this point you know just because I know you and I've known you for a couple years already um Mm -hmm. shout out to you for making your like making it through that process because I know that when I met you I don't you know maybe I'm assuming but I don't think you were there um and like you're the way you've been kind of getting to this point and your level of confidence and how it's been increasing is it's it's been a really nice journey to watch on my end so just want to point that out and another thing so you started talking about the other people and you know I'm gonna ask 
<laughs> and you know that the other people, especially if you listen to our podcast, uh, the the main other people in our lives are the family we grew up with, right? So I wanted to know, Matthew, if you could tell us a little bit about your childhood, like what it was like growing up for you. You say that you've known these things kind of long before you even recognized you had the option to change or you had mm-hmm. the words to identify yourself to, right? That a specific yeah. group. Um, so I guess I want to know what it was like growing up for you. Like, was there a specific moment you realized the distinction between yourself and those around you? Right. Like, and what did that feel like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, so I would say it's funny because, uh, you know, you'll get the question a lot of like, was there like a specific moment where you realized it? And for me, not really. It wasn't, I, I can't like pinpoint a moment where I was like, you know what, I'm different from other people. Um, But it was definitely just like an emerging feeling as life went on where I felt something was off. Uh, And this was from a young age, I I would say probably around seven, I started to really come to notice like, oh, I think I like girls or um, I don't quite feel like I'm fitting in with other girls either, you know? So, but again, I didn't quite think about it all that much at that age because I was much more interested in just like playing. Um, So I didn't, you know, think about that. So I have a younger brother. I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Uh, My younger brother and I, we would hang out, talk, whatever, like we were brothers, you know? And then with me and my sister, it was a little more fluid. It was, it was more like, yeah, like we, we would hang out like we're sisters, whatever that means. But then also sometimes I, I kind of felt like a brother without knowing it. I don't even know what that means, but like, that's just how I felt about it. But I would say that as I was growing up, my mom especially was very much into, cause like I had long hair. She, I kind of feel honestly, like my mom was sort of jealous of the way I looked Because I think that when she was growing up, she felt like she was not a very attractive person. And she felt that I was a very attractive young girl. And then I guess woman as I was growing older. But I would just like put my hair in a ponytail every day, didn't wear makeup. I was not like painting my nails, wearing dresses, any of that stuff, right? Like I was not showing femininity. And for her, she she felt like that was me saying, I don't want to be beautiful. I was like, well, I mean, that's not it. It's like who doesn't want to be attractive, right? Um, but, but I'm just going to interject yeah. what well, you were, you don't want to be beautiful by her standards. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she kind of just, she, you know, she would like try to make me feel bad about it. Like girls would kill to have like your hair or blah, 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 blah. Right. I, I mean, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> I can't give them my beauty, I guess. <laughs> um, so, um and yeah I don't know so I I would struggle with that and she would like force me to wear dresses and things like that to special events um or have my hair down and all these sort of things that I really just didn't want to do and honestly I kind of see that as a form of abuse now that I think back on it because I mean if we were to think about like a cis boy and we had parents forcing them to dress in women's clothing, we would say, what are they doing? They're abusing this child, right? Um, But we don't quite think about that for trans people a lot of times. 
I don't think she did it obviously on purpose to like abuse me or anything like that. Um, but I was throwing tantrums. <laughs> um, I, I, it was clear I did not want that. My father wasn't quite around a whole lot. Um, so he wasn't really part of the picture. He just started kind of coming back into the picture now. And I just came out to him about my sexuality about a year ago. He's still trying to figure that out, um, you know, that I'm with a woman, I'm living with a woman and all this stuff. Um, I have not told him about my gender identity because I'm like, that's going to lead to nowhere. <laughs> um, and I don't feel comfortable telling him or he doesn't even know I'm getting surgery on Monday. Um, which is funny because he was asking like, oh, can I come over next week? I'm like, uh, you know, next week's not a great week uh, for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But so, yeah, it was just it was a lot of pain, I think, uh, trying to figure out myself while not having a whole lot of information for me. I also went to Catholic school. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, my whole life um, up until college. Uh, so there is that. And. Uh, yeah, there it was just a lot of pain, I would say, <laughs> childhood. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you've mentioned a lot about the challenges that you were going on. It seems like you have to hold a lot of space for other people, right? Because it's like mm. you are undergoing your own changes, figuring yourself out, like going through these transitions. You're about to have top surgery, which is a pretty big deal, right? Like, you know, this is something that you've been waiting for, that you've prepped for, that you've had to see a therapist for, you know, you're taking hormones and then it seems like you're holding space for others, right? Because with your father, you're like, okay, like I can tell you this piece, but I can't tell you that piece. I, I feel like that that might be something that is common for other people who are in the LGBTQ community who are possibly transitioning. How do you cope with that? Because I, 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 was loving like what you were saying like I'm centering myself like this is what matters I'm doing what feels good to me and then there's still this piece of like you have to make space for other people and I just was curious about how do you manage that um with anxiety medication (laughs) (laughs) I love it yeah um but yeah, I don't, it's just a, a lot of therapy. Uh, I am on medication for all that stuff. Um, and just also talking to my support network, who is mm. my fiance and who is my sibling. So I do have family who is supportive, which is great. Mm. And not everybody has that. You know, people get kicked out for this. People get killed over this. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. um, it, it's really horrible. Um, for me, I kind of just try to meet people where they're at. Um, so my father, in in terms of my sexuality, he's sort of trying to gather that. And I'm like, okay, you're definitely not ready for me coming out to you as non-binary. And you're definitely not ready to know that I've been on hormones for the last, uh, almost eight months now. Um, and you're definitely not ready for knowing that I'm about to make this massive change to my body. Um, so I'm not going to tell you um, because why, why would I, why would I put that on you right now? Um, it would be nice if I could just tell you and it would be totally fine. Uh, but unfortunately that's not the case. So I'm not going to do that to you and I'm not going to do that to myself in terms of my mom, because we have a closer relationship. 
So she's known about my sexuality for years. And I kind—I mean, she says that she's cool with it, but I kind of like, you know, I, I feel some homophobia from her, not going to lie. Um, but, you know, that's, and she tries to deny it, but I could see it and I'll, I'll try to bring it up to her, but it's just, it, she's in denial, but you know, that's how she deals with things. I know that's her defense mechanism uh, that she uses. When it came to me coming out about non-binary, being non-binary, she straight up told me, I don't support that. And I was at a place where I was suspecting she would say something like that. And I, I pretty much told her, that's okay, you don't have to. Um, because I have these other people who do. Uh, and so I don't need your support. I would love to have it, but I don't need it. Um, so yeah, uh, there's that. And she's not cool with the whole top surgery thing. She knows that it's happening. I felt like I should tell her because like, you know, her child is going to have this surgery. So I, I felt like I want you to know I am having the surgery. And it's funny because she called me a couple of days ago and she's like, so like, what's going on for Monday? I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, are you going to postpone it um and i'm thinking okay you definitely have not done your research because there's no like i can't just like postpone this right it, i've waited months for this surgery it's not something that i could just postpone for like a month or something it's like i'll probably have to wait another six months to a year or something like that um so that would not be cool uh and, and i was like why would i postpone it and she says you know, I don't know, to maybe like think more about it. And uh, for me, that was, okay, you need to think more about it. I don't need to think more about it. Yeah, that's just sort of how I manage it. I'm like, okay, that's where you're at. That's cool. I'm going to still do my thing. That's also why I moved out as soon as possible so I could be in my own space and I don't have to be around that. Um, and again, not everybody has that. So like when I was a teenager, I couldn't have just moved out. I wasn't ready uh, for one and two I had no money so so I, I had to like keep it in but I'm at the time now in which I feel like okay I can actually finally do these things so I'm going to do it yeah. Matthew let me just tell you you are you are an amazing guest because the level of uh, vulnerability and openness you you're having with these with your life basically is greatly appreciated i see it on crystal's face too so i'm just going to speak for the both of us no yeah <laughs> no i think just the level of insight the yeah. ability to distinguish what's other people's things what's what's mm -hmm. mine being able to you know like even though it causes you anxiety to say like okay like my father's not ready for this conversation and and old and yeah and like holding space for a lot of people and even though it is challenging like you do it very gracefully and it sounds like you're very aware so I just like love just even hearing your process absolutely yeah so I'm about to hold some space for you uh because <laughs> as no I'm so serious because I you know you were talking about your story about growing up and the things your mother projected onto you, uh, the things that were forced onto you, the level of, I would also agree with abuse, right? Because it, something mm -hmm. that's not you is being forced onto you, right? And how that gets internalized and how that yeah. will affect your sense of self and how you move in the world with other people. And this is something I think a lot of people can relate to, right? Mm -hmm. Like different kinds of identities, expectations uh, being forced upon you when you're little because your parents want you to to look a certain way or be a certain way or whatever mm -hmm. it is that they want from you. And then, you know, you're doing something for everyone but yourself. Right. right? 
Yeah. And all I kept thinking about was like invalidation, invalidation, mm-hmm. invalidation. And mm-hmm. even to the point where, and this is where I want, I said I'm taking up space for you because I'm going to defend you, you know, and I also understand why you do it, right? There's this like dual part in me as well. Um, your, your, your father or your mother, right? How hard it is to just hold your ground. And, mm-hmm. and then you think about, let's, let's not even think about, you know, what it is you're going through with trying to have who you are seen and, and validated or at least understood, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and you seem like the kind of person who, who you would even take that. Please just understand mm-hmm. me and I'll work with you, right? Because there are some <laughs> people who don't, right? Right. Um, and that's valid too for those absolutely. that mm-hmm. So for you to have to, like Crystal said, hold all this space for other people, therefore invalidating yourself, right? Because a lot of people will see that, that as a strength, but they don't see the flip side of what that does to you. I'm just going to put that out there. Like, how's your mental health? How has this process affected your mental health? Like, I really want to talk about it. So it has, it's definitely taken a toll on me. Like I am exhausted all of the time. Um, And I am a very energetic person, but I'm also very introverted and quiet. So it's like, I don't know what to do. It's like these like things are just like sort of clashing and colliding. Um, And you can ask my fiance, like I am all over the place and I do not know how to relax. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, self-hatred growing up. Just honestly, I could not stand myself. Like, I could not stand who I was. And I couldn't stand, like, being in my own skin at the same time. Um, and, yeah, I just, like, it, it hurt so bad. And I felt really lonely. And so... Then moving on up into this place where it's like, okay, I'm ready now to like be more confident and be who I am, which is in it of itself has given me more confidence. I have people trying to hold me back from that. These same people who wanted me to shine my light, right? Like to, you know, be more extroverted, to be whatever. And now that I'm doing these things, they're like, wait, 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 no, 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 I'm not ready for that. Um, so, you know, some more conflicting um, emotions and everything. So it has led to a lot of, when I say anxiety, like I could not get out of bed. I couldn't work. I, I couldn't eat. Um, so I had lost like a lot of weight in a very short span of time. I think it was like I had lost 30 pounds in a matter of a month uh, because I just wasn't eating. Not necessarily because I have an eating disorder. It's just that I I couldn't. That's just what anxiety does to me. I also have like this extreme fear of vomiting. And talking to my therapist, it's like, yeah, I'm holding all this in and I don't want it out, right? I don't want it to come out. So that's what has been going on for me. And I, it's like this ongoing battle every day to make sure, am I okay? Am I, you know taking time for myself? Am I relaxing? Am I, you know, not just like doing all these things, right? Because I always feel the pressure of like having to be everywhere and having to do things for other people. And I think that comes from my childhood, right? Where I have to be this person for other people, have to, you know, show up for people. And it's like, sometimes I could just show up for myself, right? And I I forget to do that a lot of times. Um, So that's sort of where I'm at right now. I'm, uh, an anxious mess, but also 
a more confident one. Um, and there are times where I just feel really, really good about myself and I feel so much more like myself. And my fiance has even commented that I look more like the person I've always been. Yeah, I just I just feel really good. And at the same time, I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> so so I will say uh, one thing. I feel like people always say that they want you to take up space, that they want you to be the best version of themselves. But it's always within with this caveat of like, as long as it's within my level of comfort. So kudos to you Mm -hmm. for expanding like outside of it. And I definitely understand, you know, like feeling like an anxious mess. Like I'm hearing a lot of conflicting things happening all at once. And you trying to find yourself when there's probably more people who want to hold you back then there are people who are supporting you and encouraging you to come out of your shell but I will also say like there's a part of me that wants and I don't really know how but wants you to reframe the anxious mess because I definitely understand the anxiety but I think like Mm -hmm. you're not giving yourself enough credit about the ways that you have really been showing up and showing up as yourself and I guess I don't really know the day to day I don't it doesn't seem like you're staying in bed um you know for days at a time or things like that anymore but there's also a part of me that wants you to recognize how empowered you are and hope hope that you're finding other ways to cope with that anxiety as well and that you continue to find more people who kind of like embrace all of those aspects of you and will be there for you as you kind of manage this world that isn't very accepting of who you are at times oh yeah there's definitely been a lot of progress i'm i'm definitely i'm not in bed all the time anymore um and uh i, I don't feel as weak literally physically weak um, anymore, which is great. I've definitely made a whole lot of progress in terms of like, I'm able to do things uh, and I'm able to cope with things. I notice more when like things are getting out of hand for me and I need to recenter myself. So yes, Uh, but that's probably part of it too, right? Where like, I don't give myself enough credit, right? We started it off that I don't give myself enough credit for things. And, and uh, people see me as, I guess, like a humble person. But honestly, it's just, this is just how I, I see myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying and doing the best I can to live this life. And I think that's what we're all just kind of trying to do. Absolutely. I will just say one thing to Crystal's point. I was thinking about what you said about the reframing. And maybe this goes to all of us, right? Because I've heard each and every person in this conversation speak low of themselves. <laughs> but I think that mess, maybe the mess is normal, right? And you were talking about, you know, people dimming your light or at least that's how I was envisioning it. I don't know if you actually said those words, but I think that sometimes we allow the light to be put down low so we don't see our messes, right? And sometimes people choose that for out of comfort. And it's easier to allow other people to kind of come in and just make our experience for us. Um, And I know a lot of people like that. But what I appreciate about both you, Matthew, and Crystal is that we're like, no, fuck that. Let's put the light on. And if we're acknowledging (laughs) that there's a mess in the room, yeah, guess what? Everybody else has a mess too. So I like, I think your anxious mess is beautiful because it's normal. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like that the whole metaphor with the dimming of light. Um, cause there was a point in my life where I, I wanted to blow the light out. Um, so mm. now it's like, I'm setting it all on fire at this point. So, um, welcome the welcoming the mess, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I do want to ask, because I know that in your bio, uh, you use she and him pronouns um and we and your name is uh, matthew melissa mccack how did you make the decision and which pronouns to use because i know for those who may not be familiar with pronouns it's just like she they them z there's a lot of different pronouns that just um you know in in the english language we usually use um, she her hers or he him his um, to identify people, and they is usually like a plural, a plural pronoun. What made you decide to use both of those pronouns? Because someone could arguably state that they're quote unquote opposites, right? Or they're they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So, what made you decide to use both? So, for one thing, I just wanted to point out the they them because I was wondering, like, do I add they them and they, them is for like gender neutral people who, who don't necessarily feel gender. And I was like, nope, that's not me. I definitely feel gender. Um, you know, so that was out for me. Although, of course, people could refer to me as they, them, as just as they could refer to anybody as they, them, like uh, uh, cis people as well. So for me, I used she and he because I felt like it didn't bind me to one thing which kind of goes back to the whole shapeshifter thing where it's like I don't have to always be he him and I don't always have to be she her although I do lean towards the he him and that's what I prefer and that's even why I I kind of just added a name because I use both Matthew and Melissa interchangeably um so so people will call me Melissa or they'll call me Matthew they'll call me the same Matthew or Melissa in the same sentence um which is cool that's what I like. I like the boundaries being just totally, I don't know, broken, I guess. And people get this confused with me using two names because I don't think it's done all that commonly. It, it's usually like you pick some sort of gender neutral name or if you're like a trans man, you'll pick like a masculine name. I almost said like a manly name, <laughs> but a more <laughs> masculine name. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I liked my name, Melissa. That was the name I grew up with and I didn't see it as like a dead name to me. It wasn't dead to me. Like Melissa is still a part of me, but I also think that Matthew has been and is also a part of me. And I wanted a name that kind of just uh, sounded a little bit like Melissa. I feel like Melissa is a very soft name and I feel like Matthew could be a very soft name too. They both serve that letter M um, and, and that's what I wanted. I was looking for more gender neutral names, but nothing fit. It didn't feel right. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to add a name. It'll be fine. People will get it. And then people didn't. <laughs> but, um, so, um, but here we are. So yeah. And that's what, that's what, that's where I'm at. Nice. So I've seen the the three M's in my email for a while. So I just call you in my mind, just FYI, I do M cubed. Uh, like that's how I see. I don't know because it's just three M's like non yeah I will say I loved hearing your explanation of both names because I originally um, when you introduced Matthew into your name I thought it was to I guess 
and with the she uh she him pronouns um i thought it was actually because you were trying to make the transition smoother for people like you can still call me Melissa if you're uncomfortable with calling me Matthew or if you accidentally use she, her pronouns, that's okay. Cause you know, so I will say I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear your explanation because initially I was confused, but happy to hear that you're owning it. And it's not so much to satiate other people, especially now that I know a little bit more about your story that um, you're not doing it just for others. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so earlier in the episode, you mentioned how you are you decided to begin taking low dose testosterone. I first want to know what made you make that decision to just kind of like lead, you know want to do it, and also have you noticed any changes within yourself? Um, because I'm I'm just curious more with regards to the biology piece. Hormones are very interesting to me, so I'm just curious. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, it is, it's taken me a while to sort of figure out what I wanted because for a long time, I thought maybe I, I am a trans man, um, but it, it, it never felt quite right uh, until I finally came across like non-binaryism. So I was like, okay, so non-binary, that's cool. And they, there's this whole thing called like low dose testosterone where you, I, I don't take the amount that like a trans man would, uh, but so it's a very low dose, right? And it's, it's super easy. It's just like this gel thing that I get to put on my shoulder. Um, I always thought like, oh, I have to like take shots or like pills or something like that. But nope, it's just like this gel, uh, which is cool. And I thought that was fascinating. But anyway, um, so the changes I've seen or the reason I decided to take it was because I wanted to see how I felt first. Right. So I went on a very low dose just to see, you know, uh, and I wasn't entirely sure, like, if I wanted my voice to deepen or how much I wanted it to deepen. I I knew certain things that I wanted, like I wanted broader shoulders, uh, like um, a more defined like jawline, like a more masculine jawline um, and things like that. Um, And I just kind of wanted to see what changes it would do for me overall. Uh, The changes that I've noticed is that my voice actually has gotten a little bit deeper and I've been taking videos and pictures every month just to see my progress. And it's kind of crazy, the progress. So to be honest, I'll take my shirt off to take the picture just to see what's going on. And I was like, holy crap. Like, and when I look at the first picture to the uh, most recent picture, like, it's crazy, right? Like, my shoulders actually have gotten broader and all these things. Um, and, and my jawline has, like, become a little more defined and all that stuff. So I was like, wow, testosterone's uh, crazy. And, and listening back to the videos, I noticed that there has been um, a voice drop. I've even just noticed like more hair on my legs and things like that. And uh, I'm a very light haired person. So you can't quite see it through video or anything like on my face. uh, But I've even noticed like some little specks of like facial hair starting to grow around, which is crazy. And I was wondering, like, are these things that I would want? And as time has gone on, I'm like, I love this. Like, I want more of it. And I'm actually thinking of increasing my dose a little bit. And I would still be on low dose, not totally like, uh, you know, trans mass, uh, trans man dose. Uh, but I like those changes. And I, I want to continue with those changes. And 
I guess, deepen those changes uh, further. Thank you for sharing that, because uh, that's stuff that I even am learning. And I will say, I think I've been very lucky that I've had at least one person in my life who's part of the community who kind of keeps me educated on these things, but it's always so insightful uh, to learn more. Um, and I do kind of want to go back to something that we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the episode when we were talking about your bio, um, because I do want to hear a little bit more about um, your two YouTube channels related to gaming. And I know that, um, as Sasha mentioned, you kind of integrate all of these pieces of yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, like your platform, what you're trying to do with it, why it's important to you and just like your interest overall? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had gotten into board gaming. So like there's, there's board games out there that are what we would call like mass market, right? Like your Monopoly, your Uno and all that stuff. Right. And when I talk about board gaming, I'm talking about like the hobby board games. So a lot of games that you might not have heard of, such as like, Twilight Imperium or, you know, Quacks of Quedlinburg and things like that. And these are games that I I came across when I started getting into Dungeons and Dragons, which is a role-playing game. I started playing when I was 18. And this is a game where, like, you could be whatever and whoever you want. So I got to really explore my identity through that game. And I guess that's why I'm so connected to it. Uh, And then, of course, like there's a sense of like adventure and, you know, you getting to be the protagonist of the story. And this was during a time where like I never really saw myself as the protagonist in anything in in books or TV or anything like that. So it's like, cool, I get to be the protagonist in this, right, as I am which was awesome. And then I got into board gaming where it sort of like challenges you on an intellectual level because you have to think about like strategy and all this sort of stuff. And also just dealing with things that come up because some games are sort of random in in terms of like, okay, here's the scenario. How are you going to deal with it? And it's like, okay, I have to, I have to do this or whatever. You could actually cooperate with others to beat the game itself. And So I learned a lot about myself um, through board gaming. And I I honestly believe that like play elevates the mind. Um, So there there was that element to it as well. I like challenging myself. I love solving uh, puzzles and all that stuff. The platform that I run is with my brother and it's called Room 51. And we talk about board gaming mostly, but I also have within there a series called Mind Over Meta. And that's where I get to um, combine the psychology piece with the board gaming piece. And that's sort of where I started talking a lot about like the LGBTQ plus stuff and my identity. And all of a sudden I came out to like thousands of people. (laughs) Um, And that in and of itself is anxiety provoking. And then another conflict where it's like, dang, I can't even tell like my parents this, but like I'm telling like thousands of strangers. But anyway, so there is that. But I felt like I wanted to be the visibility that I wanted to see, you know, Um, and there are other LGBTQ plus content creators, which is awesome. And I wanted to also be a part of that, like show people that, yeah, you matter. You could be here, too. And that, yes, we should see ourselves in these games as well, because sometimes games, board games themselves also miss the mark, um, which is why I spoke about a, a particular game that had marriage in it, but it was only heterosexual marriage, right? There was no homosexual marriage or any other kind of marriage um, in the game. So 
I thought that was a missed opportunity. I spoke about it. A lot of people were like, yay, thank you for like, support, uh, you know, bringing this up. And then other people were like, screw you, fuck you, you know, get away, um, all that sort of stuff. So I, I got a mixture of things, which was great. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just want to comment on that specific video because you said something mind blowing to me and correct me if I really get it off, if I'm that off. Um, you said something along the lines of when you were speaking about that particular game, how someone commented that this is just fantasy. And then you said, yeah, absolutely. This may just be fantasy. But the reality is that this fantasy matches your reality. And what it does is it denies my reality. And that shit blew my mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that was, uh, you pretty much paraphrased it beautifully um uh, you, you probably said it better than I did <laughs> um but I um yeah I I was I think at the end of the day my point too was like if I can't even exist in your fantasy world if I can't even exist in your imagination where can I exist because I don't even exist in your reality mm. that was sort of my message and I think a lot of people could resonate with that not just the LGBTQ plus community um, I think a lot of different you know uh, people from other minorities or, or types of minorities or even like the intersectionality of those minority identities right so that was sort of a message not just for me and people like me, but for so many other people as well. Um, and I think that board games need to step it the fuck up because board games have been around for centuries and we're still messing it up. Mm. So, um, you know, yeah, that was, that was the message I wanted to bring. And I, I kind of been sticking with it, uh, mostly on room 51. Uh, I know in my bio, I'm also on the dice tower and I have spoken a little bit about it, but that's not technically my channel. So I'm not gonna push my own, I guess, agenda, the gay agenda. No, <laughs> but the, uh, my own like thoughts or feelings or whatever into that. But I also want people to know, Hey, I am gay. Hey, I am non-binary. Uh, so I am a visibility as well on this massive channel um, within the board gaming community. So, Matthew, what I love about you, and I don't know if you recognize this, is that you've taken your life experiences and you've made them useful to other people. And I really do believe that we barely spoke about mental health and the fact that, <laughs> shout out to you, you just got your license, that you're a licensed yes. mental health counselor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, that you actually integrate these things into your practice, right? So so this is actually what Crystal and I do, right? We take our experiences and we try and help other people, which falls perfectly in line with what they never told. So um, I just want to point out that it takes a really strong and brave person to do what you've been doing and taking your pain and making mm. it into something better for someone else. Yeah, that, that's why I became a mental health counselor. Um, I wanted, again, like when I was at this point in my life where I was like 18 to 21, I wanted to have someone to talk to these things about um, because like it felt like it was about to explode out of me and I was trying really hard to keep it in. Um, and I had no one to go to. And I even went like to the counseling center um, 
And I noticed that the counselor, she kind of kept divvying away from the whole LGBTQ plus part of me. And then at the end of our like semester long session or whatever, she told me that, oh, this is something I actually don't know a whole lot about, but here are some places that you could go to and just left me with a sheet of paper with, I don't know, I guess other therapists or, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. And I, and I walked away feeling like that was so not helpful <laughs> and even more invalidating. I kind of came into mental health counseling to say like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like I can use the pain that I've felt because it's so relatable to so many different things and uh, different identities. Uh, Not that I'm going to know exactly what it is that you yourself have gone through, but I can use it as uh, as a stepping point for myself to better understand you. And and that's really, that's what it's all about for me. I want to be somebody that you can talk to. It's like I say, like, it's not so when you counsel someone, you're not there to save them, but so many times you feel like you're there to try to save yourself, um, which is not always like the right thing to do, but like, that's how you kind of get into it. I think, well, at least for me, no, uh, it's that's true how it for works. a lot of therapists. Yeah. Counselors yeah. Too. So that's, that's what I'm all about. That's what I, I like doing. And I feel like I really found my purpose in doing this type of work, both as my day job, but then also through my content creation and getting, to do all that sort of stuff and then answering comments kind of like a counselor would where it's like (laughs) yeah I could see that you're really frustrated right now but like let's just chill out (laughs) so uh yeah that's that's what I do and I love it so seeing where you are today in life and considering everything that's kind of like led up to this point uh, where you're at, is there anything you wish you had been told um, when growing up, you know, like in the years leading up to today? Because, you know, this is the what they never told this podcast. So what do you wish mm-hmm. you had been told? I wish I had been told that these other identities do exist. Um, That would have made things a whole lot easier for me. Just knowing like, oh, it's not just boy and girl. It's like, there's all these other identities and you don't have to stick to either one of these. Uh, That would have been immensely helpful and to just be told that I was validated in that. Thank you so much for joining us today and I hope that anyone out there listening um, if you had any questions if you were wondering now you know that there are many other identities and that um, I hope this conversation was very educational and helpful um, to understand people from the LGBTQ community but most important Matthew uh, we appreciated you and getting to know you a lot better can you tell our uh, listeners where they can find you where they can learn more about you um where they can, I guess they find your YouTube channel, Instagram, things like that. Yeah, so we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at This Is Room 51. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash room 51. We also do live recordings, so uh, live playthroughs of games and stuff on twitch.tv slash room 51 live and then you can also find me on the dice tower uh where i do some segments called teach the teach and board game breakfast and you can find that at youtube.com slash the dice tower 
Awesome. Thank you so much again. And uh, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Never Told This Pod. And if you want to send us an email, send us a more in-depth message, you can definitely email us at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us.